everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Today, we're going to go down the rabbit hole of online scams. Before we get started on that scary journey, Richard, what have we heard from our campers this week? Well, Gary, we've got some very sweet comments this week. From the Forks in the Road episode, Bob S. commented, You boys do a great job on this podcast. It's a well-calibrated balance of planning and improv, sort of like dealing with them forks. Keep up the good work. Well, Bob, a little planning and a lot of improv. We'll certainly try to keep improvising and maybe even ramp up the planning. Sonia commented about the Forks in the Road episode as well. You guys are so much fun. Forks, spoons, and knives. On our path, thank you. Sonia, it takes all of our utensils to get through life's meals and lots of paths on the way from salad through dessert. And here's one from the Happiness Podcast. This is from a friend of a codger wife. I just listened to the Happiness Podcast, and there's a sweetness to it you wouldn't expect to find from three guys. Also, they cite studies and address the subject with light heart and engaged minds. Thanks for sending this link. Gary, by the way, offers this about this comment. Oh, shucks. The old codgers, quote unquote, sweet? For my part, I just knew that somewhere we three had some sweetness in us. We've just had trouble finding it, what with all the codger moments we have to deal with. Thanks for the comment. And please, folks, keep those comments coming. Thanks, Richard. It goes without saying that online scammers and fraudsters are out in full force. It's unrelenting. The scam attempts are in your email every day. If you really want to see how bad it is, check your junk or spam folder to see how many scam emails are caught that you never see. In my case, only 1 in 10 scan attempts actually slip through the filters in my email app. The spam phone calls keep coming in, and now we're starting to see text messages or scam attempts. How bad is it? According to the FBI, about $1.7 billion was scammed from people over 60 in 2021, up 75% from the previous year. So what type of scams are common? The leading one is confidence scams, which play on the emotions of seniors, and they cost almost a half a billion dollars a year. These are typically offers of romance. Another leading fraud preys on the fact that many of us in our age group are just not as technically literate as younger generations. We are told our computer has been hacked and the only way to get it fixed was to contact the email sender. He's an expert, of course, and can fix it for just a modest fee. The scam totaled a quarter of a billion dollars in the same year. There are also the ever-popular investment scams promising great returns on your money. Who doesn't want to earn 15 or 20% a year? I think that was the number that Bernie Madoff offered the poor folks who lost $20 billion in his Ponzi scheme. And the magic of cryptocurrency sucks in many people. Spoiler alert here, cryptocurrencies are the biggest fraud ever. Full stop. 
<laughs> and that's our show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> we let the cat out of the bag. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. In the end, online scamming and frauds are really all about fear and greed. We'll talk more about how not to let those emotions make us victims. Randy, what type of scam attempts do you see? The one I see every day, and I'm talking every day. It's not a big deal scam. And I delete a lot of stuff every single day. But the one I get every day is seemingly innocuous little thing that says, hey, I've won. I've won something. Mm. I have won the Milwaukee cordless drill. And it's, oh. you know, it's like a hundred dollar thing. I got that one too. That's my <laughs> drill. Hands off my drill. Yeah. Oh boy. I hope they're giving away more than one drill. But honest to goodness, that, that was the one today. Tomorrow I'll get another one. And yesterday I got one, but I, I delete them so quickly. I don't remember them. Yeah. And I've never clicked through. Fortunately, I'm smart enough to not click on obvious spammy things. But the first time I saw that, I thought about actually clicking it on it and seeing if it was real. Now I know better. It's like, eh, I didn't win a drill and I've already got one. <laughs> but honestly, there are scams every single day. It's amazing. Yep. Yep. Richard? I get a lot of them about a so-called compromised bank account. They need to confirm my account number and my social security number and my date of birth and the exact name the account is under. All this is to make sure that I'm the person whose account they're saving from the scam when it is the scam. <laughs> exactly. You know what? My favorite bank one, I have a couple of banks that I deal with. I do not deal with Wells Fargo. Right. And every so often I get that scammy thing that says my Wells Fargo account has been compromised. Oh, right. You know, I, I guess they send that to a million people. But they do. by now they should know I'm not that guy. I'm not going <laughs> to click on that. You know, I, I haven't it, had a Wells Fargo account in 30 years. But it doesn't matter because do you know how much it cost them to send that email? Yeah, like zero. Zero. So you can send out a million emails, write the email, get it to this list that you buy for a few bucks. And in the morning, a million emails have been sent out. And all it takes is one sucker, just one person to say, oh, my God, my Wells Fargo account. I got the same one. I swear to God, probably on the same day with the same batch of emails sent to this yeah, list of a million yeah. people. And by the way, we should not forget that texts are also a major yeah. source of these things. I get a ton of them about suspicious purchases on my Visa or MasterCard account and that I should contact these folks by phone. They give a number. You know, I first look at my Visa or MasterCard account. There's no charge on that account for $975. There's nothing there. So, of course, I never respond. I'm seeing the same thing you guys are. I mean, every day. Your Kohl's shipment has been delayed. Click mm -hmm. here. Or the Dyson vacuum cleaner. I don't know why these people are sending out emails about your free Dyson vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Who the heck knows what a Dyson vacuum cleaner is? But as you noted, text messages are increasingly a path. People haven't seen enough scam attempts on text message to realize that just because it came to your phone doesn't make it any better than a scam attempt on your email. 
Yeah. The one thing yeah. I noticed that's really interesting is that phone calls are diminishing. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, we got so many phone calls that were scammy or, you know, robocalls trying to sell you something. I don't get that many of those anymore. Does anybody have anybody that they know that have been scammed or approached for a scam? I do. I have two cases. Uh, one was a, a friend's 80-something-year-old mom who lives alone in assisted living, and she got a message from a panicked grandson. This is the old grandson one, uh, yeah. saying he was in Florida and had been in a car wreck and was in miserable shape and had to get home and needed help to cover the medical costs and the travel. Could she send $3,000 immediately? And she did it. And she's out three grand, never got it back. That is so interesting because my mom got the same call. Oh. Probably not from the same person, but the same exact story. Oh, boy. Um, a younger guy yep. you know, sounded like a college student or a young 20-something calling to ask for money. Hey, Grandma. Hey, Grandma. Yeah. I am so sorry to call. I didn't know who else to call. Exactly. I'm in Spain. They threw me in jail in Spain. My son was fluent in Spanish. God bless him. He took all the language courses he could in, in high school and college. That was the hook. That was the little crack in the story that she kind of glommed onto. She started to believe it. She said, Evan, is that you? Yes, Grandma, it's Evan. You know, she was so close to sending money in. And the only thing that saved her was that she was kind of clueless with technology. She didn't have a PayPal account. She had canceled her credit cards because she was starting to get paranoid about being scammed. She had no way to get the guy the money. Mm. Otherwise, she was going to do it. It's a very mm. compelling story, mm. especially when it hits home and it sounds like your grandkid. And they say that the one part of that little tale that they try to tell you is they try to solicit the name from the receiver, from the yeah. grandma, so that then they can say, yes, I'm Evan. Yeah. Uh, and that really links them up. Right. Uh, oh, boy. There was another guy, a friend of mine's uncle, who was elderly and recovering from a hospital stint, and he got an email telling him that his Amazon account was frozen, and to unfreeze it, they needed a bunch of personal information, including date of birth, social security, and bank account numbers. Well, he provided it. And by the time he and his relatives figured it out, his account had been drained of five grand. Mm. Yeah. So that's two losses right there. We had a similar story. A really good friend of ours got this message, and I don't know whether it was a text message or an email message, and she was convinced that it was real. It wasn't responding to the email by clicking a link. She actually picked up the phone and called. Mm. And this person on the other end of the phone had her on the phone for hours. By the time he was done, he had managed to get several thousand dollars transferred out of her bank account. Oh, my. Now, the good news is, in her case, she went down to the bank immediately, explained what happened, and they put a freeze in the transfer. But if she would have waited a day, it would have been gone. $6,000 gone. Boy. Mm. Knowing that we have friends that who've experienced these scams, what kind of suggestions do you have? I think the operative two words are be skeptical. At Caltech, where I still have a finger hold on working, they recommend you be skeptical about everything and not open any unusual, unexpected, or suspicious email. Just don't open it. Just delete it. 
They also alert the community to what are termed phishing emails, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, that ask the recipient to update all kinds of personal information about themselves and account numbers and all. Banks and legitimate business and government don't ask for you to give that information out via email. They'll find or, another way. Or on the phone. Or on the phone. They do, they do not do that. So beware. Be skeptical. And oh, yeah. finally, tech support. Send dollars to fix an urgent computer security issue. Boy, I'd be susceptible to that, wouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, I need your bank account co- number, need, and oh, we're going to fix your Gary, computer. here it is. Here it is. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, my God. That is a, one of the most common ones, is I'm the tech support sure. oh, number. Boy. Because, you know, how many times have we got a, a bill about the Norton software we never buy? Oh, bingo. Mm-hmm. $769 yeah. Yeah. For, for starters. What kind of person would spend $769? <laughs> More than the cost of your computer or almost the same. Oh, boy. There have been times when I thought about, do I have a Norton account? I, I know I used to. Hmm. Do I send them money? Now I just, I delete it. If they send it again and it starts getting serious, then I'll follow up on it. That's actually really good advice. That brings me to my list. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. I'm kind of the tech geek in our crowd. I'm the guy that seems to know how computers work. I get contacted by friends about, what does this mean? What should I do? What you called out, Randy, I think was really significant. Stay calm and don't panic. And that's my Mm -hmm. rule number Mm -hmm. one is if you get some sort of email that looks like the world is on fire, that everything Mm -hmm. is coming to end, just take a deep breath and know you haven't been hacked. In fact, you'll never know you've been hacked if you've been hacked because a really good hacker quietly drains your bank account in the background. They're not going to send you an email. Stay calm. Don't panic is my first suggestion. And the other is accept reality. For some reason, people seem to think getting a hold of your email address suddenly is something very special. And that if they have your email address, they must it must be true. They must be sending out something important. Forget about that. The reality is your email is everywhere. Everybody's got it. If somebody wants to get your email address, it's easy to find. Same thing with your phone number. Your phone number is everywhere. Mm-hmm. The same as your street address. Somebody can drive by your house, look at your address, and now your street address is everywhere. So don't Assume because somebody has your phone number or has your email address that it's significant. It doesn't make that email any better or any more qualified than any other email. What Randy called out, I think, is quite critical is get real. I mean, why is somebody going to give you a free drill? (laughs) Because they like me. Why are you so special? (laughs) Well, if... It even gets bigger than that. I mean, you know, the one thing we haven't said, which is commonly the first thing you read in a story or hear about when somebody talks about how not to get scammed is, if it sounds too good Good to to be be true, true, it it usually is. Exactly. That's the mantra. you got to keep telling yourself that. And I know the first time that uh, Nigerian prince sent me an email telling me he was going to give me $33.8 million (laughs) just to hold it in my bank account for him because he had to leave the country. I thought to myself, this is awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> How did they know I was so trustworthy that That's I would right. I would right. protect somebody else's thirty three million dollars? Because I'm an honest person, right. doggone it! And I would help the Nigerian prince out if I could. Well, I think what we all agree is what Richard called out is be skeptical. Please. I mean, in a sense, when we were younger, before technology overtook the world, we were always skeptical. We, as Randy said went by the principle, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Scams have been with us forever. Scams will be with us forever. And we just have to be really smart about it. My final comment is, I think we should look at emails more carefully. Now, I'm a geek. I actually sometimes will look underlying source code on an email just to see what path it was routed through. That's pretty oh, weird. Oh, brother. Yeah, that's, You've no, that's pretty lost weird. us. <laughs> the average person can look at an email and say, this is a stupid email. For starters, probably 80% of scams originate overseas, where English is a second language. Yes. Just read it. Some right. of these are almost laughable. Right. They're so bad. Right. We are we are bethinking of you. <laughs> right. To award this massive unknown prize. But they're really ridiculous. And the logos are stupid. If you want to drill down a little more, you have to look at the links. One of the things that I'm going to do over the next few weeks is record a little video episode to post up on our Camp Carger YouTube account on how to look at an email without clicking on anything. Mm. Remember, don't click and don't call any phone numbers. If you want to find out who's behind something, if it says Wells Fargo, go onto the Wells Fargo website, get their support number, uh. and then you make a call. But don't use a phone number that's in an email or text message. I'm amazed at how stupid some of these scam emails are. If you click on reply, it goes to a Gmail account. No corporation is going to be sending you anything on a Gmail account. Check the email address that you know was used to send you the message, you know, 99 times out of 100. If they've made a stupid mistake, that's going to be it. It's like wow, these people really think I'm stupid. And you don't even need to click. Just hover your cursor over the top of the email address and a little pop-up will right. come. It could be just a simple Gmail account. Sometimes they're .ru, which is Russia, which is the home of big scams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of Chinese emails addresses in there. You can look at an email with a couple of quick pop-ups coming up telling you where the email came from. Clearly, it's not from PayPal. It would say paypal.com. But but that's easier. That's easier on a computer than on a phone. As a matter it, of fact, it is. You can get scammed on a phone just because it's harder to access that kind of information. Yeah. So that's another thing. Don't get excited about an email or a message you get on your phone until you check it out. And you might have to open it up on a computer. Yeah, might have to open it up on a computer. But remember, don't click, don't call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I say one thing that we haven't said Please. at all? It has to be part of this conversation. Don't use a stupid, silly password, and don't use one, two, three, four, five, six as your password. <laughs> that if you Google this, folks, but you can get a list of the most commonly used passwords. That's number one. That's like the dumbest thing. That's not a password. That's password anybody. is not the right password. It's an invitation. And the other thing too is my favorite. Sometimes they say must be eight characters. Guess what? The word password is eight characters, and that's like number two or number three on the list. <laughs> Use a real password. 
Boy. You know, the one other thing, speaking of phones, and one of my rules is never, never pick up the phone of a number you don't know. If it is important, they will leave a message and you can then ponder whether you should get back to whoever it is. First thing I'd look for when the phone is ringing is the number it's calling from. And if it isn't one that I'm familiar with, see ya, you can leave a message and I'll get back to you if it's real. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. It's so tempting to say, well, it's my area code. Yeah, oh, I know. Oh, I have they that. always they always do that though. That yeah. they're smart enough. They figured that one out a long yeah. time ago. They use your area code. They fake it like it's sort of a local call, and and you're tempted right. to pick it up. Don't don't pick it up. And as Randy said earlier, if an email about a collection problem is real, they'll send it again. Same thing with a phone call. If it's really really that critical, they'll leave a voicemail. Exactly. This is a funny story. I asked technology. <laughs> I said in my kitchen, I said, Alexa, what's the most commonly used password in America? What do you think she said? Password. Good guess. She said, and I quote, 123,456. And at first I thought that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And then I looked at it and said, four, no, five, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. And she interpreted that to be a single number. <laughs> you got to love technology. <laughs> <laughs> so a sad side of the internet is that it enables scammers and fraudsters. Human nature, I suppose. You may not be able to stop this behavior, but you are in control of your response to the scam attempts. Don't panic and remember, you're smarter than the person trying to take your money. Doing nothing is the first order of business. Relax, take a breath, and it'll be fine. We also suggest checking out the AARP scams and fraud section of their website. They do an excellent job of tracking what's happening in this area and offer a ton of really good resources and advice. The link is in the show notes for this episode on our website at www campcodger.com. So be alert and be vigilant. And if you have ideas on how to be safe online, let us know and we'll share them with our listeners. The Old Codgers will be back again next week with another episode. We have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about, but we're hopeful we'll come up with something before we hit the record button. Before we go, Randy wants to tell you about our very special bumper sticker offer for loyal Camp Codger listeners. Hey campers, this is Randy Schultz with some great news. Now you can get a Camp Codger bumper sticker and it's free. To get your free sticker, just go to campcodger.com and leave a comment. That's it. The sticker says, I'm not old, I'm vintage, which is one of our favorite mottos here at Camp Codger. This limited edition Camp Codger bumper sticker is not available in any store. So get your sticker free by leaving a comment at campcodger.com. We'll arrange to have your sticker sent directly to you. Then put it on your car for the world to see. Remember, the Camp Codger bumper sticker is free, but you have to leave a comment on our website. See you at camp. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 
6171.